0: Part of the reason I think we've been so successful as a young studio is we all really value our point of view and our reputations like as individuals and collectively.
1: Hey, it's Joel Pilger. Welcome to episode 46 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. The conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. Today, I am speaking with the three partners at Studio and or. In our profiles of the creative entrepreneur series, welcome to Rev Thinking, the
2: podcast for next generation creative entrepreneurs. Now, here is your host, Joel Pilger.
1: Hey, it's Joel. Today is Wednesday, June the 6th. Welcome to episode 46 in the Rev Thinking podcast. Today, we're continuing our profile of the creative entrepreneur series with the three partners at Studio and or in New York. Now, the three partners are the three amazing ladies, Kendra Ish, Kelly Miller, and Nika Offenbach. Now, before we get into today's episode, just a quick update on a few items in our world at RevThink. Of course, next week... We're at promax bda it's going to be an exciting week and next week we will have an episode that has been recorded in the can it's an episode with blair ends of win without pitching fame blair and i really get into it and have a great conversation we talk about pricing creativity and a really fun conversation on the addiction to the big reveal so you'll want to definitely check out that episode next week. Also, a couple other events and announcements coming up. Next week at Promax, we will be talking about ACDC. This is the alliance that you heard us talk about in previous episodes, about creative companies coming together to help make our industry stronger. So please stay tuned for that announcement. Also, we're gonna be announcing cohort. Now this is the quarterly cohorts creative entrepreneurs. These are going to be gatherings of elite creative entrepreneurs in our industry happening in different cities around the country. Can't say much more, so stay tuned for that announcement as well. Okay, let's get to today's episode. And or is proudly run by three humans, as they say on their website with complimentary talents. You're going to be hearing from Kelly Miller Kendra Ish and Nika Offenbach. Now, these three ladies run Andor Studio. They're based in New York, uh, specifically in Brooklyn. They're one of the most clever and, I think, uh, in- intelligent design and creative companies run out there and you're going to enjoy the conversation as they talk about what it takes for them to run their creative business and what sets them apart what makes them successful and how they run their business a slightly different way than most everyone approaches running a creative business now you're going to love these ladies because not only are they witty and funny but they just bring a unique perspective to how they run their business i love this they say what we do and or is a creative studio fueled by deep thoughts bold vision and choice words we make clever things that play on screens of all sizes that phrase there choice words i think really describes Uh, One of the things that makes them so unique is they have killer design, but they pair that with really choice words, and the copywriting and cleverness that they bring to their work has made them stand apart. You might know some of their work because they have done some really high-profile work. You'll want to go to and-or.co to view their work and their portfolio, and I hope you enjoy the conversation between me and Kelly, Kendra, and Nika. Okay. Hello, Nika, Kelly, Kendra. How is Brooklyn today?
0: Hot, full of tourists, sunny.
1: Hot and full of tourists. Now, did I get an answer from each of you? Was that three responses? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's super good to chat with all three of you ladies. I was going to just start off by mentioning that I became a fan of and, or I think originally with the viral, what I call viral stuff that you did for Dissolve. And I thought it would be good to mention it because I think there's a whole, there's millions of people out there that have no idea that you were the brains behind those spots. What were those spots? Refresh our memories.
3: Sure. So this is, this is Kendra. So we collaborated with Dissolve a couple of times. There's three spots in total. The first one is called this is a generic brand video. And that was sort of the first one we did in 2014. And the second one we did in 2016, uh, called this is a generic presidential campaign ad. And then the one we did last year, which is probably, you know, the one we're we're most proud of is called this is a generic millennial ad. And that really originated kind of um, based off of that Pepsi ad that came out last summer with Kendall Jenner. Right. That was sort of making, I don't know. It was, it was a special, special ad that got a lot of backlash. Um, for <laughs> and um, because we had done the other two, the other two spots, we thought this was a good opportunity to sort of poke a little bit of fun at that. And, um, we came up with this is a generic millennial ad, which then got posted all over the internet and got a lot of eyeballs watching it.
1: Now, yeah. were the eyeballs in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands? How like how how much did that thing take off?
3: Um, Anybody know? <laughs> I think it's well, it's always growing, and I and you know, as egocentric as we would all love to be, we don't check it every day. But I think it's like in the two hundred thousands now, and then. Well, this is a done? generic
0: brand video was in the.
3: Really yeah, that, that has like 2 million views, but wow. that was in 2014. And then um, the millennial ad did pretty, like got up there pretty quickly too.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised how we, we show a shortened version of it in our capabilities. And I'm always surprised at how many people have actually seen it.
1: Yeah. I, I think that those pieces are so great and indicative of how strong a POV That your studio has, because I know when I first saw, I guess it was the generic brand video, whatever. I was just the whole, the idea, the approach. I was like, damn it. Somebody really smart thought of this and executed it perfectly. And so I've just, that always stuck out as, oh, and then when I met you ladies, I realized, oh. I, I, I get it. These ladies all have a really strong creative point of view and it comes through in the work, which I think is is really cool.
3: Yeah. And I think I think the thing that kind of speaks to us as a studio about those pieces is that we are often really self-referential. Um, we don't we try not to do generic work and that can be kind of hard sometimes. You know, the easiest, the simplest solution or like the thing that's obvious um, is something that we really strive not to do. And obviously, we love adding humor and sort of a, a bold point of view to, to everything that we do.
2: Yeah, I would also say that we, you know, we challenge our clients and the industry to not go to those sort of like tried and true tropes, which is where all of those pieces come from. It's it's because, you know, Kendra wrote 700 brand videos that were exactly the same. And like, you know, it's just like a little bit of a wake-up call to, to brands to kind of think about things differently and let people who they're working with kind of have like a little bit of creative agency so that you're not kind of doing the same old thing. Because especially in this overcrowded world that we live in where everyone is trying to get everyone's eyeballs on everything all of the time, it's there's just no room for things that are exactly the same across the board. There's no way to stand out if you're doing that. So,
1: well, it's clearly a challenge, right? Where as a young studio, you guys have been in business. How many years now?
2: Um, three, three and a half.
1: Okay. You're still in that young, you know, in that young early season that there's obviously a challenge because you want to be not just a great studio, but a successful business too called, okay, but how do we position ourselves? How do we communicate what we're all about in a way that it's not just about, well, we'll take every project that comes our way. How have you guys been able to sort of walk that fine line of striking the balance between, we of course want great projects, great clients, big budgets, all that, but we also want to have a narrow point of view and only do the kind of work that we value and that we respect.
0: We basically decided that there were industry practices that we don't think... Create good culture for good work. So we've just kind of decided not to do those things. Um, and the way the way we set this up was really just drawing a roadmap for ourselves about what our values are, our processes, and our belief system is as people and creatives. And we actually work very hard to abide by that, even when decisions to take a job or to say or to not take a job, seem to sort of go against the business. There's always this holding of what the vision of the studio and the company is in the forefront of our mind and working towards that.
1: Yeah, I would say there's always this trade-off, right? Of there's a short-term win called, oh, let's take this project even though it's not a fit for our point of view. Those are what I call the take the money and run type of projects. And then you, at some point you start realizing, yeah, but if we do this over and over and over again, this is who we are. This is what the company is. And this is apparently what we stand for. And so you, you know, your integrity in some point gets called into question. Um, So how successful do you feel like you've been in having a very specific point of view, whether it's humor, whether it's unexpected and been able to hold to that and actually connect with the clients and the brands that need that.
2: Um, I think that we're pretty successful. It's true that I think that there's, uh, definitely pressure in the, in the industry and, you know, just in life that, you, you know, you have to like make money and make a living and like there are certain sacrifices that that come along with that sometimes but I think you know we we started the studio with a very clear uh creative vision and point of view and that's why we started the studio like there's not a person in here who can't go work somewhere else and do great work somewhere else but um the reason for starting the studio was to do things that had our Point of view, our sense of humor, our aesthetic attached to it, and really not feel restricted by the expectations of something that already existed or someone else's creative dream vision. So, you know, and I think that just by making very clear our brand and our point of view through our materials like our website, our name, our newsletter, our social media like all of these things all feed into us developing our voice and people understanding that that is what we do, um, which is, you know, kind of this bold, clever, humorous spin on things. Um, And that's what people come to us for because that's how we're presenting ourselves. So I think there's a lot of studios out there that do amazing work that are, that are really visually driven and like, it isn't necessarily conceptually driven or it doesn't come from a strong cohesive point of view. So you just get like a lot of really nice looking stuff and it could kind of be anywhere. Um, and that is just not something that we're interested in doing. So we try to avoid it as much as possible.
0: Yeah. But I think there are definitely instances where we've taken clients that had something very concrete in their minds that initially, what they were looking for didn't match up to or doesn't match up to what our creative voice may be. But our point of view is also as in our process as well. So I think there are there are times when you have to make real world business choices to take a project to keep the lights on. And I think in those instances, our point of view becomes how we work with our clients as opposed to Mm -hmm. what we're actually making for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, the work always has like a kind of an intelligence and a really high-end design and editorial and animation aesthetic. It's very well done, well crafted, and that is sort of across the board. Um, So, you know, we we wouldn't take something that was going to uh, look bad or something like that, but we might take something that isn't like, the most hilarious, like brand on the planet, you know, (laughs) right. But I think, you know, kind of to that point, we've worked with some clients that are just a little bit too corporate and that, you know, sort of ties into both sides of this conversation of the process becomes a little bit too bureaucratic. And then also the visuals become a little bit too safe. And we start to fall into that kind of like generic, this doesn't really have a point of view, Land and that is when things start to get difficult and like a little bit like we basically come to the conclusion like that is not a good fit for us or for whatever that client is. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm curious. I'm curious to. I would think. Okay, this is from speaking from experience. Back in the days when I ran my own studio, I would think there are a fair number of clients that come to you and they say, oh, we love that thing you did. We love that thing. We want to do something like that. And then they hand you a brief and you say, oh, um, hmm, I don't know that they actually understand what it means to take a stand, to have a really narrow point of view, to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's got to be, I would think, just challenging because on the one hand, you want to respect the client and their needs and their approach, but you also have to then sort of step up and say, okay, we're now going to help you and lead you and guide you on how we actually have done that for other people. Mm -hmm. Does that happen? Does that happen?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, because we're all moving from the same common place and that is to make the best work possible. Like that really at the end of the day is what the client wants and that's what we want. So One of the things that we always do when we get a brief is often rewrite it or rework it into what we heard. And if what the client is saying and, you know, we think as creatives that they might actually need something different, like we'll kind of discuss the brief as part of our creative process to get to a common place. And maybe what they need is to split the difference. Maybe they think they want to be really bold But they're not quite ready yet so we always spend a fair amount of time getting to really what the core of the motivation is on their side to make whatever it is that they want to make before we even begin doing it because if we all start on the same page the work will be good and at the end of the day that's all everybody wants
1: and is that motivation often does it get down into actual business problems like oh here's what you're actually trying to accomplish and now that we you know, your experts at here at Andor, now that we understand that we can come back to you with what we think is actually the the more correct brief.
2: Um, I, I don't think it goes that deep. Like I, I don't think, you know, I think we're armchair strategists in a way, but it's always like kind of, I I would say that we approach our creative output strategically versus us being strategists or strategic um, I think that it's really more about I, I would say I would actually say that like um, your question about people coming to us and being like, "Ooh, I like that one thing you did. Can you please do that? It doesn't really happen that I can think of specifically in that directive a way. I, I actually think that people come to us because of our brand and the way that we present ourselves. And they're like, you guys seem really funny or like, I love your website. It's really smart and clever. It stands out. Or, you know, we gave a capabilities and we're like, you know, not like nice people. And like, seem like we could like work together well, um, versus, uh, an aesthetic, um, motivation. So I think that, you know, that, that sort of, has been really beneficial to us um, that people are kind of responding to the right thing and i think this is kendra i think when people
3: have there's been a couple instances where people have come to us purely from an aesthetic thing that we did and said oh we really like this thing can we just want to do something like that and at that point Sometimes we're like, well, we already did that. Like, do we want to? Yeah. Do we want to do that again? Like, we know it looks good, but like, I don't want to do that exact same thing yeah. again. Um. So that that's a consideration too.
0: But that's also a starting point. That's like an aesthetic <clears throat> starting point. We're like, cool. Well, you know, you like that. We could try this version, variation, et cetera, On it. And I think one of the things, one of the things, at least, I've been really proud of in the last year that I think we do differently. We really spend a fair amount of time getting to the heart of our client's brand voice and understanding that and the perspective from which they're coming from. And Kendra is an amazing, brilliant writer. We refer to her as our secret weapon. She's really amazing at just sort of tweaking their brand voice and understanding that. And that helps us make better, more appropriate work with our sense of humor, with our twist on it. sort of process.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing about humor, uh, that I always go back to and I I wouldn't say that we're like yuck, yuck jokesters or anything. We're, we're funny and we're smart and we're clever and, and all of that. And like, we, that definitely comes through in the work, but I think that humor is humanity. And like when things have a sense of humor, people immediately are invited in and immediately connect to it. At the end of the day, that's pretty much what almost any brand wants is just people connecting with their products or their mission. And, you know, humor is always a great way of doing that. So I think a lot of people are just looking for that, like, way to talk to other people in a way that feels, like, friendly and engaging and, like, we're on the same page kind of thing.
1: Well, I love the fact that, you know, the way that the, the studio is positioned very much... Puts that POV forward. Like I think I, I've I've used your the the website as an example to many people. Of here's personality, folks. Like if you want to know what this, you know, what's driving this studio, here are these two ladies eating a burrito in San Francisco, and it's just freaking funny. And I'm like, they're self-effacing. they they have a quirky point of view, and clearly, I think clients connect with that because when they see that point of view, they say wow, what would it be like if we could also reach our audience with that type of tonality or those sensibilities? Obviously, humor, in my opinion, is one of the freaking hardest things to just deliver on. I don't know how, you know, the brilliant copywriters of the world, like you do it when somebody says, yeah, we want to do this, but make it funny.
2: Hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's a that's a red flag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And why do you say?
2: I do feel like Kendra could do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is um, that is that a request you get sometimes, and you immediately know, uh oh, this <laughs> this might not go well.
3: No, I mean, I, I don't. I feel like people kind of, you know, when they come to us, they know what they're gonna get. And honestly, you know, if someone emails us, we can usually tell. We can usually screen it, and if they don't get it, like somebody emailed us the other day. Um, to our hi at Andor email and uh, they called
2: us in slash out. They were like... Yeah, they were looking for work. They were like, hey, I really love the in-out portfolio. And I was like, oh my god, delete. Like, what is wrong?
1: (laughs) So they didn't (laughs) even get your name right? No.
2: They they almost got it right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this isn't a burger joint.
0: But also, like, if a client comes to us and they're like... We've been in situations where clients are like, "Hey, I have this project. I'd love to work with you guys." You know, I've literally said to them, "I don't we're not your best solution. Like we could do this for you. I could put together, you know, a team or shift the script in this way, but honestly, with what you need in your time and budget is not us. Like I'd rather help a client solve a problem even if that means you know, that one job isn't particularly right. That's what they need. And if that's a different studio or a different freelancer and I can make recommendations, then they will know they'll come back when they do have a job that's right for us. Because again, it's about the work.
1: So what I'm hearing there is yep. there's a trust factor because when you tell me that, what that means is, so if I if I called you, Nika, and said, hey, I've got this thing, I want to work with you ladies, you would say... Yes, if we're a great fit for each other, let's do this. It's going to be awesome. But if we're not a great fit, I'm going to be honest with you up front.
0: Yeah. I mean, that trust is more valuable than a project that I can see potentially going sideways from 10 miles away. You know, mm-hmm. and part of the reason I think we've been so successful as a young studio is we all really value our point of view and our reputations, like as individuals and collectively. You know, I'd rather do a job well for you than, than do something like not well. I don't want to do something not well at all, ever.
1: So as you three look into the future, like I'm thinking of where you've been and the body of work you've established so far and just the type of business that you're, that you're running and how you run your business. When you look into the future, what's out there? Where, where are you wanting to steer the ship
2: well, that's a great question, and it is one that we have uh, business planned and thought about. <laughs> I think that's the other the, another kind of point about our studio is that we're very we're very much in control of it. I as much as we can be, you know. It's it's a chaotic business, but we uh, we're always looking ahead. We're always planning. We we have uh, meetings every week about this stuff. But basically, to answer your question directly, what we're kind of looking to grow right now is some of our more narrative work. We're looking to grow in doing um, bigger, better film titles, show packaging, things like that, brand, and, and campaign. and brand campaigns for uh, networks, things that are a little bit more three hundred and sixty versus one off. Yeah, like we're we're looking to do like in episode content kind of stuff too. It's sort of like we're leading up to another venture. Yeah. But you know,
0: we also sit down and this takes about four months by the time we get through it is we start sitting down in January and we look at our portfolio and what we did in the last year. And we try and look at it as outsiders. Like, Hey, if I'd never met us and didn't know anything about Andor and I went to the site, what, what would it be that I think that you guys do? And like, our like, our current suite of work is so super strong on the design side and that I think will always be a part of our process but I know creatively we are you know stretching our muscles in some more live action and more mixed media and we love the branding work and all the design work but it's also we've also been doing a lot of promos and more editorial so we sort of look at our portfolio we look at Where we are, I pretend to be a client and I'm like, what would I hire us for? And then I think about, you know, what is a good small lateral move that helps expand that portfolio that actually gets us to a place that a year from now we're having a different conversation and we're sort of closer to whatever creative goal we've decided is our common end because that's going to change and that's going to grow as we change and evolve as creatives.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, the way you describe that as a lateral move where you're actually looking ahead and saying, okay, this time next year, how will this get us to where we want to be? And that, that must be a very evolving conversation amongst the three of you.
2: Yeah, it is. I think we just kind of wrapped it up for 2018. So we're like just in a go mode, go do it mode. We have a, we have a talking stick that each of us (laughs) holds
3: and we pass it along. Um, and two (laughs) two martinis in we've, we've
0: (laughs) but it's also, I think part of that process is also knowing what we can't solve something. We'd love to be doing 360 campaigns for lifestyle brands, You know, but that for us is a 2019 goal because there's a couple pieces of portfolio work between here and there that is going to make somebody who's never met us believe we can do that. Even though we 100 know we can, you know, it's a, it's about crafting that. And sometimes we just have to let certain creative questions sit because what solves those is process. What solves those is working together or the next project, or even like Putting some parameters on ourselves when we're pitching, like, "Hey, we know this one, you know, illustrated solution could definitely work, but why don't we try and pitch a, a different way that we're curious about and just sort of see what happens?"
2: Yeah, I think to that point, you know, when we started Andor, we were doing projects that were very, uh, for lack of a better word, they were kind of like low budget. Not um, necessarily, like, the sexiest projects. They were they were good, you know, steady. They gave us a little bit of leeway to, like, you know, write scripts and do animation and so on and so forth. But, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, dude, we've, we've hit it. And, in fact, you know, if I was being realistic with myself, which sometimes I was, it was not anything that I would have worked on at my previous job because it was too, like, low level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would be something yeah. that probably would have been handed off to a junior designer animator or freelancer or some something like that but because I was you know we were starting a studio nobody I mean people knew us but like nobody like we didn't have that body of work yet as a studio to show like hey dude I've worked on like hundreds of rebrands and done a lot of you know work for fancy client x y and z because that is stuff that I did at other studios that it you know, that I don't have the infrastructure of that anymore. So, you know, we're, we're building up that reputation almost from scratch by starting a studio, which has been like a real uh, lesson for me, at least, because I come from some pretty like highfalutin places that, you know, it's a little bit of like an ego check to be like, okay, well, now you're going to do the, the lower rung work for a couple of years in order to get back up to where you, where you came from.
1: You know, my, you know, my partner, Tim Thompson, he always says, Hey, people start a business in this industry for one of three reasons, you know, fame, fortune, or freedom. And I'm kind of curious to hear from all three of you, which of those resonates most with you in terms of why you started. Now, Kelly, I would say is almost the fame reason, not so much that you want to be famous, but you want to do work that really stands out and people know and recognize and say, wow, and, or did that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, in my opinion, that is, uh, it should and usually is a result of doing great work. And, and I would actually argue that I'm on the freedom side because in order to do that great work, you need the freedom to do it. And um, you know, you can do amazing work at, wherever, like studio agency, X, Y, and Z, but you're the authorship is not always yours. And I think that is where, you know, the having your own studio really comes into play. Cause like we can make those decisions about what projects we're taking on and how we're branding and marketing ourselves so that, you know, the right we're attracting the right people. And then maybe, maybe someone will be like, hey, come speak at our conference. You're awesome. But it's it's totally like I think I learned a long time ago that like PR is not my strong suit. Self PR is not my strong suit. So I'm just like, just do the work, man. And like, it will come. It's fine.
0: Yeah. But we're not, I mean, we're not so ignorant to think that that's not a part of what we do. Totally. By any stretch of the imagination. I don't know. I would awesome. have to go with freedom.
1: Yeah. Why is that?
0: Uh, well, I've actually never had a job. My joke is that I'm po- not potty trained. So I started my first studio six months out of college. And I always, I think like most creatives, I was an accidental entrepreneur. I think I joined Andor two years ago. It's probably the longest time I've had collaborators since I had my first studio in 2004. And this is sort of the fourth fourth or fifth company with various partners and incarnations that I've worked on over the course of my career.
1: Well, you make such an interesting point about being the accidental entrepreneur, right? Because I think you defined really something very common that creatives have this real true personality, this genuine drive to be known, to get their work out there, to make an impact. And whether you're seeking that fame or it's a fortune or it's a freedom thing, it's almost like you wake up a few years later or several, you know, companies later, and you realize, I guess I'm an entrepreneur. I always thought of myself as a creative, but I guess I'm, I'm actually an entrepreneur.
0: But you can be both. I mean, that's one of the things I think you have to be both. Cause the goal is we all went to art school to make our own work and to do the things that we wanted to make. And the way that you make your own work is you control the money because he who writes the checks is fundamentally in charge. And once I figured yeah, that rule. out, I was just like, well, why don't I write the checks? Seems to be the best way to solve that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It is very much a question of control, and I, and I think because as creatives, of course, our personalities, our souls are intertwined and, and wrapped up in the work. When you're doing it at a place where you really don't have that ownership or control, I think Kendra or Kelly, you mentioned it a minute ago. Mm-hmm. It can be. It can be really. Sort of soul sucking, and you eventually get to a point where you say, I have to make this transition. The time is right, the pieces are in place, the experience, the opportunity, you know, the needs they're all coming together, and now's the time. And of course, here you are, what three years later,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is Kendra. I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Nico. <laughs> like I've always had jobs and I'm very like nervous to do anything risky. So when we decided to do the studio, I was very anxious about it. And, and I, it wasn't very much how you described, which is I've always considered myself a creative person and I knew nothing about business <laughs> and nothing even about freelancing. So I really did over the course of these three years and still am learning a ton about, being an entrepreneur and it's that's definitely not necessarily in many ways a personality fit for me like I want to just go off in my dream cloud of writing and come back with a funny thing and be like bye I'm going home now yeah but you're
0: so good you're so good at other things too like Kendra sort of you know handles all the HR stuff and I'm like I don't know (laughs) like here's a budget (laughs) can I go back into the edit room now and I think that's also what is really interesting about us in this studio is there are three of us at the head of it. So it kind of makes a nice checks and balances in terms of like, well, do, do we take this job? There's three different opinions. And we actually do use the three R's, by the way, um, <laughs> ah, in nice. meetings as like a quick shorthand. You know, so we're able to distribute the entrepreneurial responsibilities so that we all can kind of work in our respective creative spheres. And, you know, one of the first things that we did is like put in that low level support so, so that you can do it, you know, get a bookkeeper, get an accountant. And even working with RevThink, like one of the things that I've loved about working with you guys, Kelly and Kendra, is that every time we're like, we want to do something, we don't know how to do it. We're like, well, who knows? okay, let's go ask them, you know, let's hire a consultant. Let's like figure it out so we can just get to the doing.
1: Well, believe me, it's, it's always nice when you realize I don't have to reinvent the wheel because I like to think of it this way. Like I know you ladies are smart enough. You're going to eventually figure it all out. I have supreme confidence, but sometimes you just want to get there faster. Like I don't want to take three years to learn this. Can we just do it now? Can we do that this quarter? And sometimes that's a a big relief of not having to wait for everything is you can say, let's actually, let's bring in an expert and do this right now. Wouldn't that be great?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, something that we probably don't mention enough is for Kelly and I, when Nika joined us, like she really changed our lives for the better and really like totally shaped the studio into the business it is today. And we... Not that like you know, there were a few things we understood and were trying we had to quick do, books.
0: <laughs> but we default we movies. would have
3: gone crazy yeah. I think i mean <laughs> so so we really you know she's just been monumental in in helping us like in, in just teaching us how to how to run a business and and it's so much better in so many ways um, after she came on, so
2: yeah, and I would say you know, if I'm talking to like a group of students or people, one of the questions I always get is like, well, what is your recommendation for starting a studio? Like I'm a freelancer. I'm really interested in doing that. And I'm always like, find a business partner. Do not do it yourself. Just find someone who understands business and they can be creative and they can be great and wonderful, but like, don't, don't try to do it yourself. Like there's just, it's, it's just not worth it. Like, it's not worth, I just don't even think it would work to be honest. Like, unless you're like already at that business. if you are, if you have a, a passion for, for running a business, then I think, and you start something yourself as a creative person, I think you're just automatically going to kind of uh, push yourself into this like very business creative landscape. And if that is not your interest, like you have to have a support of other people. Yeah
1: you're actually describing a common, common pattern that Mm -hmm. a young, you know, a young creative really likes working with this other creative and they say, man, let's go start our own shop. And they generally speaking, they just don't get very far. They reach a certain level. They hit this ceiling of complexity as I call it and they get stuck. And it's funny because I really appreciate what you said about Nika, because Nika I'm thinking about when you and I went to Moldova to work with uh, USAID and Sweden to help the people there. And as you and I got to know each other, I think we sort of synced on like a business level and we got lucky enough to, however it worked out, we flew to Munich together, I think coming home. And you were just trying to, you were hitting me with every question you could, like, what about this? And how would you do that? And so forth. And I just love that appetite for knowledge and understanding, you know, I can see where you brought very much a missing element to your, to your two business partners. That's really helped you guys be the success that you are.
2: Yeah. I also, I mean, not, not for nothing with the business stuff, but Nico's also incredibly creative and um, that's been a nice balance also because, you know, she's coming at things from a different point of view than us with uh, editorial live action production background. Um, So that's really opened up a lot of opportunities uh, for some of the things that Kendra and I wanted to do before she was here, which was, you know, we always wanted to do more live action. We always wanted to do more scripted narrative stuff. And, you know, we can stumble around through that, but having a person who's actually really knowledgeable with that being your oh, creative partner is like, okay, now we can do it. Cool. <laughs> it's
1: critical. It's yeah. critical because I know this, right. There are people in the industry that try and join, I don't know, small groups, business roundtables, things like that. And they quickly find out, wait a minute, I think our industry is different. And you know what? It actually is. And it, yeah. So if you don't have a business mind, if don't—if if someone comes to your business and they they have that business expertise, they better also have that creative dimension as part of their so, experience, or else they're just going to come in and wreck things, I think, because our industry actually is pretty different. And I know that sounds, I don't know, like we, we're all, we're all a shiny object, you know, we're all a snowflake, but I think it actually applies in our industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the reasons, Joel, that I asked you so many questions is I, you know, having had two or three other studios that I ran by myself or with one other person, I made a lot of my own mistakes basically with my own time and my own money. And I was like, Hey, I'm sitting next to consultant, dude. He's got nowhere to go on a plane. <laughs> like, let, me, let me not do that again. You know, like here's this person with a wealth of knowledge. And I think the interesting thing for me and like my background is I spent 10 years as a live action director. And then I went and got an MBA at NYU with the, through the New York mayor's office So one of the things and one of the things you had to do was write a business plan. And one of the things in my plan was I was like, I really want business partners the next time around. I really want to have a group of people to work with because I realized for me, like I just play better in a creative band. So when I met Kelly and Kendra, I think it's thankful as, you know, they were to have me. I was like, oh, wait, here's here's the thing where we all have complementary skill sets that the others don't like this fits really well. And I think that's really important in a studio too, because, you know, it's not, there's not two designers at the helm stepping on each other's toes in a way. There's not, everybody kind of has, you know, their creative area of expertise that, that they can share with the others and learn from it. And I think that has gone both creative and business wise, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, I, and like you,
1: you three ladies I'd compliment complete. each other. Well, yeah. I see it almost yeah, like it's a, a good band.
0: See like it's a good pirate a, yeah, I, th- I see it. like a,
1: a three-way yin yang in my brain <laughs> in terms of how you <laughs> ladies fit together and don't step each on each other too much. Well, look, I, I would suggest let's let's wrap this up, but I do have I have one sort of parting question because you guys have said some really interesting things along the way about what I would just call the realities of running a creative business. So here's my question: What's the one thing? that each of you is going to do after we finish this podcast recording that no one would think you're going to do? Because they think, oh, you're going to go supervise and edit. They think you're going to go write the next award-winning script. But what's the reality (laughs) of running a business? (laughs) What's on your plate today after we get off this call?
3: I'm writing an award-winning script.
2: (laughs) I'm editing another award-winning script. Um, I'm looking at my... Oh, we're modeling a 3D, a, three, a CG toilet. Oh, yeah. I'll probably check in on the CG toilet render that's going on. Um, in all seriousness, um, I, I will probably go do a style frame for our short film that we're working on. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. And
0: I, oh, very cool. I'm going to finish editing Kendra's first script and then probably get a coffee. Oh yeah, I'm um, definitely getting a coffee. Like that is And then sure. uh check in with some clients on some pitches.
2: <laughs> we and have-
1: Kelly
3: We're gonna cast a spell, um a pitch winning spell, uh mm-hmm. with several herbs and <laughs> oh yeah tinctures.
0: And I'm gonna call our PA's new landlord, her soul who just rented her a rat infested mold infested apartment and get her money back and find her her place to live.
1: Now, there you go. That's where the rubber hits the road, right?
0: Yeah. I was like myself and Diana, who's our head of production, we were like, do you want us to call them? She was like, would you? I was like, oh, girl, we got you. <laughs> Auntie's about to go.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I don't think anyone listening would have said. Oh, I bet after this, Nick is going to go like wrestle with a landlord about <laughs> one of their freelancers. <laughs> But this is what it's called, right? Running a company, you've got to take care of your people, your clients, the edit machines, the facilities, all of that. And I think you ladies are are doing a fine job. And I'm, I'm of course, super proud to be able to play a, a small part in your story and excited to be watching you as you continue to evolve and grow. So I know it's going to be a really exciting few months ahead and years ahead for that matter.
2: Something's going to (laughs) happen. Thank you. We really appreciate all of your support and help.
1: You got it. All right. Thanks, ladies. Bye.
2: You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more free resources, updates on upcoming events, or to learn how RevThink consultants advise creative entrepreneurs, please visit RevThink.com.